though we stand here as two people, we minister as one. And so, Father, we thank you for the grace that's on our lives to love and, and build up and honor the people that you've called us to serve, Father. And so today will be no different. We have decreased simply because you have increased. It is less of us and more of you. And so our tongues are connected to our spirits, and we speak forth the oracles of God as you've commanded us to do. And as always, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service today. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. Well, of course, this is February, right? This is also the love month. Yes, love, love, love. It's love month, right? And so we've been ministering to married couples all month, uh, EXO Conference, uh, small group last Wednesday night. We had a blast watching Samson on yesterday, and then we all went to to lunch after that and just really been enjoying them. And so through our staff and just on our heart, we said we're going to minister to marrieds and unmarrieds over the next couple of weeks. And so a little something in here specifically will minister to unmarried, but we want all the married people to make sure you, you listen in because we have a large role to play in unmarried individuals' lives. Okay, and, so we're going to talk about that just today. to add to that, mm -hmm. you know, even in your marriage, and I want both groups of people to hear me when I say this, you have to develop an exercise in your singleness. When you go before the throne, he's going to look at you, not you and your spouse. Right. You don't get to stand there holding hands. You don't get to do that. So you have to grow and develop in your singleness, even as married people. All right, and so if you're following along, of course, you can go to the YouVersion Bible app events section, right? Pull up Linked Up Church, and then you'll see an outline of our notes today. We're just going to intro this due to time, and then we'll pick it back up on next week. And so letter A of, of the introduction is being single and being married are both gifts from God. And that's the title this morning, The Gift. The Gift. Being single and being married are both gifts from God. One is not better than the other. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Thank you for that one amen back there. Yes. And so we studied an entire chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We drew out everything that we could from it because it's really the only chapter that deals with both subjects at the same time. It deals with being unmarried, and it deals with being married. It deals with being a widow. It's all there. And so we're going to cover a lot of ground over the next uh, couple of weeks. And so keep your spirits wide open. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and let's look at verse 7. I'm going to read out of the Living Bible. Letter A, being single and being married are both gifts from God. So whatever state you're in right now, you are a gift from God. That's right. Paul says it this way, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 7, the Living Bible. He says, I wish everyone could get along without marrying. He wishes this, just as I do. But we are not all the same. God gives some the gift of a husband or wife. Listen to this, though. And others, he gives the gift of being able to stay happily unmarried. And so, how I many you know there's a group of people who are happily unmarried? unmarried. And guess what? That's a they good like, place to be. That's a good thing. That's a wonderful thing. Because there are many people married and very unhappy and lonely in their marriage. 
So right off the bat here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul is saying it's okay to be single or it's yes. okay to be unmarried. It's okay. It's not a disease. It's okay. It's not a negative social status. It's not. In fact, it's more than okay. He said it's good. He said you can be happy. Right? So for any of you who are wondering why God has not blessed you with a compatible partner yet, Somebody lied to you because he blessed you with the best thing he could bless you with, which is you and your gift of being single for this season. That's right. That's right. In fact, he's not only blessed you in your singleness, but he's given you a compatible partner already himself. So you cannot allow yourself or nor can we people who are married make others feel like that they're not worthy or they're not ready to be, that, that marriage is something that they're just not ready for, that it's some special privilege. It, it, it is a privilege, but it's also a privilege to be single. That's right. So if you're thinking that, you got to think again. A single status is not a negative thing. And if you bought into that belief that your lack of being romantically attached to someone or anyone makes you less than a human being, you got to consider the counsel of Paul. Yeah. And then I want to add this, too. Sometimes on our status, you know, we want to be neutral. You need to put single and satisfied. <laughs> Celebrating my singleness. Loving me right now. Working on me so I can get ready to work on us. Celebrate it because it looks good on you when people see that you're happy not being in a relationship. They know you're going to bring that into a relationship. Now, we did some studying. You better fact check this, okay? And so I, I learned this for the first time on yesterday. I shared it with her. I knew what she was going to do was go right behind me, fact check, check it herself. And then later on that night, I came up in the room and she said, babe, you, you were exactly right on that one. And so let me throw this out. Through my study yesterday, I drew the conclusion that it's highly probable probable that Paul himself was a widow. Actually, theologians conclude that it's pretty definite that he was a widow. And this is why. <clears throat> because he was part of the Sanhedrin council. And by rule, to give a vote being a part of the Sanhedrin council, you, you had, had to, to be, be married. married. All right, keep listening for a moment. Fact check this. Keep listening. It made sense to me because he's speaking in this entire chapter to unmarried and, and widowed. And widowed. And typically you don't speak with that level of conviction unless you've been both. Which qualifies him to say, I speak, yet not I but the Lord. And the Lord speaks, or, or in this, I give counsel. Mm -hmm. Been there, done that. So he's identifying with both sides and saying that he wishes they could go on remaining single just like him. Personally, I believe he was experienced being married and single, and he realizes that they both are a gift from God. And honestly, I can tell you, I loved being single as much as I love being married. One is really not better than the other. If you're doing in that season what God called you to do. 
And that's really what we're going to focus on. See, a lot of people are in that gifted season doing the wrong things. Not really understanding the purpose of that season is to prepare or to be satisfied. Yeah, if I could just keep it, can I just keep it raw and uncut? The biggest issue that people have in their singleness is sex. Them and their freaky selves. Say, say the stinky leg, huh? <laughs> so, you know, did, did you want to pick up here? <laughs> we got so much here. We, we're getting ready to have so much fun over the next couple of weeks. We were actually young adult ministers and singles ministers before we ever, ever became marriage ministers. And so singleness is really, at the end of the day, no better or no worse than marriage, biblically, right? And so whatever someone's putting on you, don't let people put on you what doesn't deserve to be there. But I also want to say this, okay? I want you to write down that statement and rehearse it to yourself whenever someone married or anyone else makes certain comments to you, I want you to remind yourself that being single and being married are are both both gifts from God. Good. Because sometimes as married people, I'm just getting ready to tell on myself, we can be quite insensitive to single people. And we make comments that we have good intentions, but we never consider how it makes the single person feel when we say it. And so I want to apologize to anyone that, Me that, too. that, that, that I've ever... Guilty un- as charged. Yeah, that I've ever unknowingly done Forgive that to. Forgive me, Father. Yeah. <laughs> I can think. promise you, she brought to my attention and others, there was a person that I worked with on staff... Years ago. Years, years ago, ago. Years ago. And, and I thought I was encouraging this person with all of my heart. Everything I was doing, I thought was building this person up. This person didn't receive it that way. And this person felt like submitting a workplace harassment charge against me. And in my heart, all I thought I was doing was encouraging. So it's amazing how our intent can be heard differently if we don't think about what it is that we say before we say it. Yeah, so when someone says to you, you could find someone if you just... Dot, 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 dot. Fill in the blank. Or maybe you're too picky. <laughs> or maybe you need to get on out there and be seen. I, that, that's one of my lines that I And see, where is out there? Well, what married people are telling you, you need to get out there. Where is out there? Because it's not in the club. Come on, somebody. And somebody ought to go watch that Samson movie. Good movie, boy. Great movie. But, but Samson kept hanging out with heathen. He hung out in his areas of temptation. You should try harder. You need to settle down already. Everything happens for a reason. You just haven't met the right person yet. (laughs) See, imagine saying that to a single person. Don't worry about it. You just haven't met the right... You think they don't know that already? (laughs) Listen to me, married people, because we don't think about this. They don't need that added weight on them. These are things that they already know. 
Now, don't get me wrong, it's okay to want to be married, but we're just acknowledging and encouraging you to celebrate your singleness while you still have it. Because if your intent and your desire to get married is for happily ever after, your life as a single person will never, you cannot anticipate that it will ever happen again. And so a lot of times the science behind heartbreak is especially for women, we try to figure out what we did wrong. What happened? Why was, and we start thinking that we didn't measure up or something like that, but, and people, I mean, like heartbreak is a serious, it's become a medical as well as a psychological condition. Instead of taking inventory of what was wrong with that person and saying at the end of the day, that person just simply wasn't my match. Not that one person is better than the other, but the reality is they weren't good enough for who I am. Not that you weren't good enough for who they were. That's excellent. We can say things like this, not even thinking about it. Why aren't you in a relationship? See, and the person saying that is really has good intentions, but really what they're asking is, is this right here. They're trying to flatter you with the suggestion that someone as gorgeous or wonderful and funny as you are should be in a relationship. Why are you on this island all by yourself, woman? <laughs> you should have someone with you, woman. Let me accompany you. Watch this, and you should always be careful when it's the opposite sex saying that to you. What's a beautiful girl like you doing all by yourself? I can't believe no one has come to you and swooped you off of your feet. See, from my island, I'm a king where I come from. <laughs> Zamunda! <laughs> I have maids and servants, and I have people who drive me around. Your next question, but, but you're in America right now. What are you doing over here? <laughs> who do you work for over here? Then they'll tell you I'm in between jobs. Translation, I don't have one. So we're just introing it now, right now, but point, num point letter, letter B, our next point would be God only gives good and perfect gifts. If Paul is saying being single is good and being married is good, guess what? It's a gift from God. And if God gave it, it is good. James chapter 1, verse 17, I'll read it from the New King James Version. It says, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Understanding that anything that is good in your life, is a gift from God. And guess what? You are a gift from God. And you have to see yourself as a gift from God. So that, therefore, you can have fun all by yourself. If you have to wait to get married before you can enjoy a, a life, you are a walking sign of danger and avoidance. You ought to be able to enjoy life as a single person all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Go on. I mean, I love it. There's some sisters that I know that they, they, they book their vacations and they want to go all by. Listen, I, my husband asked me, what do I want to do for my birthday? I want to go uh, out of town without y'all. She want to be single. And this is a true story. After 20 years of marriage, it's the first time she ever said that. I said, baby, what can I get you for your birthday? a vacation away from you and these kids. 
Uh, how many of you know, even though we're married, that's a good place to be single. See, because she needs that to be whole. And now watch this. A lot of husbands would get offended at that. No, you've got to understand. She needs downtime. She's only going to come back to us better because we let her get away from us. Watch this. And I'm telling all the kids, everybody, don't call her either. Leave her alone. And giving her money to enjoy it and shop and have fun without us. Now, when, he, when I told him that, he was like, oh, for real? <laughs> typical man, typical man, single or married, typical man. And what's all involved in this? Because, see, when he's not there, he knows I can be reckless in shopping. I think that was the biggest issue for him. Was, see, I'm the restrainer. Uh, but she I don't need know to call, I'm going to put a cap on all I got to put a cards. cap on spending. But can I just be honest with the men out here? Be honest, baby. Be, that's all you now know. I see, to we've be. been married that's 20 years. You know she doesn't know what I'm getting ready to say, but she trusts me. But let me tell you why I want her to go away with the girls. Because in the back of my mind, I'm already planning the fellas' trip to the Super Bowl 2019, no matter where it's at. I'm getting ready to circle back around and say, I just need some time away from. Oh, it's here? No, it's 2020 then. (laughs) But I'm so glad she's getting ready to get this getaway because I know there's nothing she can say to me when I come up with mine on the other side. So hug yourself because you are a gift. You are a, you need to always wake up every day and look at yourself and say, whoever gets me, they are going to be blessed beyond measure because I am a good and perfect gift. For somebody. Yes, I can wake shine up every day all like that. by Glory myself. And if you're in my company, baby, you can't help but to shine too. Let her see. Notice what Paul doesn't say because we've made this about rules. And if it's about rules, then it's legalism. Right? So notice what Paul doesn't say. He doesn't say singleness is awful. And therefore, here are 10 steps for finding a mate. You don't see nowhere in the Bible with steps to finding a mate. What you see is how to have a relationship with God and get lost serving him. And then he puts two people together. So you don't see him say that. Singleness is, you don't hear him say singleness is unfortunate. So here are seven ways to get yourself a life while waiting for Mr. and Mrs. Wright to come along. See, I've heard singles for years say I did all of that, and it still didn't work. You know why? Because you end up putting, and I apologize if I've ever put steps out there for this thing, because you end up putting all your faith in your steps. Yep. So that's what you did instead of resting and trusting in his ability to put two people together at the right time and in the right season. It wasn't until I was on my dining room floor in Detroit, Michigan, downtown on Leland Street, 
crying because I had just, I mean, I got a scar to prove it too. I was so mad. I broke up with this guy and I just busted a window out. Detroit gangster. That's just, that's just. Don't judge me. Don't act like you came out the womb, say sanctified speaking in tongues. I was so mad. And you know what? I just got tricked on my own trick because he was lying to me just as much as I was lying to him. It's just that his lie was bigger. And it hurt my feelings. It did. But and that's I busted why, that's the window. That's why God sent me along yeah. to heal your hand and your heart. Yes, baby, if that's what you believe, baby. Yes, baby. Brush that off a little bit right there. Brush that off a little bit. And I'm sitting on my dining room floor, and I conclude that I am done with men. God, show me the convent you want me to go to. <laughs> Father, it's just me and you, and we're going to ride this out to the sunsets. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Now, when I did the window thing, that was some months earlier. Yeah, I didn't know her yet. Because I probably would have stayed away from that. What you trying to do, disclaim? Are you trying to disclaim? That's crazy right there. But he there. did, but listen. I didn't know her yet. But he did see that me. That might have killed the deal right there. You did, you did what? <laughs> might have killed the but deal. But he did know before we got married, so it didn't stop him from marrying me. Oh, you had to put that in there, dude. You just had to throw that in there, didn't you? I'm just saying. I look beyond your faults. <laughs> you still we saw got, your we needs. Got, we, we got, we, Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> we having too much fun now. And so, I was done. I was done. I was hanging up the. I was burning the black book. This is before cell phones, so. I was just, my beeper was just one way. If beeper. Was, if it was, if my beeper. You're yeah, I had a beeper. Yourself. Beepers, there was nobody with a special code, none of that. All that was gone. And then when I made that decision, I'm good. I am good. Two and a half weeks later, here comes this dude. How did I, how, a bit cool. let's get back to this right here. <laughs> Letter D, nor does he say, Singleness is so awesome and fulfilling that you don't need to be married. See, he doesn't say either side of that. And you're going to see as we get through this study, he stays right in the middle. And really, the choice is yours to either get married or stay happily unmarried. So you shouldn't let your church put pressure on you. You shouldn't let married couples put pressure on you. Hello, somebody. You shouldn't let that mama put pressure on yours. you. Daddy put pressure on you? Because they want grandkids. Okay? Letter E. And we're going to close right here. We're just introing this today. Letter E. If you have an uncontrollably strong sex drive. You need to be married. Paul recommends that you get married. (laughs) Key word here is uncontrollably. You need to learn how to control yourself. But there are people that just are out of control. And the general wisdom that Paul shares here is that that individual needs to get married. Now, that doesn't mean you just go run and do it. He's just saying you know this about yourself, 
and you need. Now, he wouldn't give you the Holy Spirit, and, and one of the fruits is called temperance if you couldn't control yourself. He wouldn't tell you in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that with every temptation, he provides a way, verse 13, a way of escape. So clearly he's not saying go from, from fire to the altar. What it is is an indication that you need to be married. Now, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and let's look at verse uh, 2. Let's look at verse 1 and verse 2. Now, you've got to understand in, in chapter 5 and 6, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth because it is one of the most immoral churches. It is the most immoral church in that region. So he's dealing with the sexual sins of a particular church, not the world. He's dealing with the sexual sins of the church. He's dealing with the sexual sins that are going on in the church. Inside the church. Let's break that down because I studied that last night. See, Corinth was where... The goddess of Diana was housed. She was the god of sex, fertility. So in there, these are churched people. These are the people that are considered, considering themselves Christians. And because they knew to have sex man to woman was not God, they would exercise every other option in the name of trying to be celibate. Bestiality, celibacy. I mean, I sell to seek masturbation. Horrid forms of that. All in the name of trying to be celibate. And so a lot of times people will think, as long as I'm doing these things and not intercourse, I'm good. Not really understand the perversion in that is hindering you from getting married. Because nobody can, well... I mean, let's just, let's just, I'm just, you know, just the name itself, if you're talking about master bait, there's not much to be studied in just what it does. It's the master, the owner, baiting themselves. Because eventually it lures you right to what it is you're watching. It's It's okay to say amen. We're talking about the people in Corinth. Now, y'all, because we know you all are holy, sanctified, set apart, and sacred for the Lord's use. All right, so so we're going to be real honest and raw over the next couple of weeks now because you'll be surprised the same stuff that's going on out there in the world. Going on right here in the church. Can creep in in the church. And, And believe it or not, people can serve. They can do a whole lot of things and live this way, and it doesn't bother them at all. In this church at Corinth, (laughs) we're just going to address it at Lanked Up, as Marcus D. Wiley would say, Lanked Up Church. I was teasing him. I said, we might change our slogan from I am connected to uh, at Lanked Up, we get cranked up. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me. Now, he's coming right out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20. There's only one folks' real answer for fornication, which is sex prior to marriage, or pornography or anything else. There's only one answer. Run away from it. Yes. 
flee. You cannot play with it and overcome it. So now concerning the things wherever you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Because we're coming out of chapter 6 into chapter 7, I really believe it has a dual meaning. In our English language, we get a word and then the definition of that word. But in Greek, it's a word, and then it really tells a story behind that word. And so it can really have multiple different meanings. And because he's coming out of chapter 6 into chapter 7, really it ultimately means to marry, but it also has this language in it is good uh, not to ignite the sexual flame in someone. It's not as good to not ignite the passion in someone, but it also means marry. So when he's saying this, how many you know if you're, you're single out here, you shouldn't play around with things if you don't want to go all the way through with it. Come on, somebody help me out in this church, right? And so you've got to understand, if you're going to get people all worked up like that, it's hard to come back after I've been worked all the way up to 10. So he's saying not do that, but then look what he goes on to say in verse 2. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication or sexual immorality, right? Then he says, let each one or let every man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Own. In other words, he was saying no polygamy. We have an open relationship. No such thing. That's the devil. Not biblically. I don't care who gives permission for who. Swinging is not God. It is not something that is healthy. It's a perversion of marriage. I don't care who said they don't mind. If he says he doesn't mind, you'll be amazed that the bed is undefiled so long as we consent. What people will do. That consent never included a third party, a fourth party. So now, one commentary that I read, this was so powerful. He said, nevertheless, to avoid fornication. Right? So this tells you if you're unmarried, your primary focus is to avoid sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Let every man have this. Listen to this. Until you get married. All right. So so you've got to know you. Right. For me, I knew that if I French kiss, that's going to take me tongue kiss. That's going to take me down a path that it'd be very difficult for me to come back from. So I told her to avoid immorality. We're not going to kiss this way until we get on our wedding day. Because I knew me. And the reality is most people aren't kissing like that and not holding on. And then the hands drop. Then the bodies get pulled together. Come on, we all grown folks in here, right? So I'm going to go real slow here. So to avoid immorality, the answer is always marriage. But then you've got to know you and put the boundaries in place while you're unmarried. So that you stay as far away from it as humanly possible and not as close to it as you can. Well, we did everything but, but it's not going to be long until you do that too. And see, and just in my situation, for him it was that kissing, but because I'm just, I just love affection, 
it was important setting those boundaries in place that we're not alone in a confined space. So we never dated in the house. And when we got engaged, we, uh, and it just got too hot sometimes. I just had to leave because yeah. we mastered pecking. Yeah. I used oh, to we peck have her. a PhD Man, in listen. every major in pecking. I used to peck her too. I mean, just pecking, just to be pecking. Pecking was so exciting to me. So even though we weren't French kissing, tongue kissing, whatever you were passionately kissing, if we were alone. We were pecking. And we were pecking, that too could stir up and ignite a mighty burning fire, and it ain't the holy one. Drop down to verse 9, okay? Look what he says in verse 9. But if they can't exercise self-control, see, if they can't do it, and clearly there are a lot of people who just can't do it. Cannot, he's not saying cannot stop themselves from having sex. He said cannot exercise self-control. And I'm going to take a little bunny trail here. Mm -hmm. We know people that do get married after two, three, four, six, eight, nine months of knowing each other. And yeah, if you cannot control yourself, it says that it's better to marry than to burn. But just know, you solved one issue only to ignite 10, 12, 15 other issues because self-control has so much more to do than just controlling yourself in the name of sex. Controlling tempers, Controlling spending, controlling bad behavior, controlling extramarital issues. See, and a lot of time, the lack of self-control prior to Ends marriage being, doesn't solve that. It sure does not. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you're grown. Folks are grown. Shucks, my parents, they met. Now, mind you, she spoke Korean and he spoke American. There was no middle ground there. They met, fell in love somehow, some way. <laughs> and my daddy proposed to her within four months. Now, in this case, thank God for the United States government. Because she was Korean, they took 11 months to investigate her before they would get clearance. But even during those 11 months, it's not like they were getting to know each other. He was stationed, so therefore he was doing Vietnam War stuff. But still, and they tell me to this day, they wished they would have took some more time because those first 15 years for them to, they, they, they both tell me was hell on earth. And you all have shared the testimony on many occasions, but that prompt and that very spontaneous decision spurred on many issues. I just met with one of our youths, and, she, and you know, well, she's not a youth anymore. She's good and grown. And she is, her and her husband are serious exceptions, but she told me at dinner on Friday night, uh, Thursday night, I would never suggest anyone enter into matrimony and not having taken at least a year to get to know each other. The news and penitentiaries are filled with stories and situations of relationships based off of the flesh the that went awry. So we're going to give you all general wisdom, but at the end of the day, we've got to let grown folks be grown folks. 
And watch this, and love you anyway. Love you to life. Yeah, so we're going to give you what God's best is, but wherever you fall on that, we want you to know as your pastors, it's not going to change our love for you. Because really, grown folks need to be able to do what grown folks want to do. And that's really what Paul is saying here. So he says, if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. With passion. But let me balance that, okay? He didn't say that the marriage was going to solve the burning with passion. Right? So watch this. If I got married on the foundation of I was burning, what's going to keep me married when that fire burns out? Now I need another fire. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. Now I need something else to move me the way you move me. Back then. I said, back then. Right. Can I brag on you a little bit? Please, go ahead. Take as much time as you want to. We met in 1994. We dated for about three years. We never slept together. We've been married for 20 years. I never went one night to bed thinking about what he could, should, or what he could or might be doing. And in the beginning of our marriage, for the first five years, he traveled four days out of the week. Now, I'm not saying that he, that things didn't, that, you know, he, he didn't notice anybody or anything like he's a, he's a man. Or that people didn't notice me. Because <laughs> you know they saw me. I just wasn't paying attention they, to that. I just love your humility and your modesty. They don't make them like you no more, baby. I'm just baby. having fun. Go ahead. <laughs> but his ability to exercise self-control, his, his relationship with God, deepened my trust for him. I just told you right before that I was in a crazy relationship. Based off of, I was lying to him just as much as he was lying to me. And then it's nothing but the goodness of God and his grace. Yes. That he was, he thought himself to be a gift to me. I sized up and realized I ain't too bad myself. You're not. Listen, check this. Even with my baggage. That's right. Because I knew enough to leave my baggage in the suitcase packed away somewhere else. That's right. And get myself right and love myself, whereby I can have 20 years of marriage and not spend one moment searching his phone to see who he's following up on. Who he, in fact, I'm on his cell phone one time and he was showing me some, a Facebook post that he thought was nice. And I'm scrolling down on his phone and I'm seeing some, you know, some of our female congregants and they're doing things and the not new hair doing stuff. And I'm not realizing that I'm on his Facebook page. This is before he went on that, pri- that big page, whatever it is. And I'm liking, don't you be liking stuff on my page? They're going to think that came from me and I don't want any misperceptions or misconceptions of who's liking what. You better unlike that. So, ladies, if, if you saw Pastor Gregory like something and then he unliked it, it wasn't him, it was me. <laughs> and then I went back on my page and liked it. And so, what we're going to give you all, I want to help you understand, people are consistent. And so, a lot of times you think what you, you're marrying is getting ready to be different than what they were before you married them. They're going to be the exact same person they were after you married them. Somehow people think we're going to go down this aisle and everything's getting ready to change. Newsflash. You haven't even seen half of it yet. 
You've only seen what they've shown you. You don't know them until you live with them. Then you get to see all of it, right? And watch this, which we're going to prepare you for this. After you say, I do, God, there's, there's really no reversal of that in the kingdom unless certain things happen, okay? We're going to close with these thoughts right here. And then we're Can gonna I let just them add go. this? Please. You know, in fact, this just dawned on me. And, you know, and we're not picking on anybody. We don't know everybody's story or anything like this. But 20 years of ministry, we've seen a lot. 25. And, 25, and him 25 years. I wish I could unsee and unhear a lot of things. But listen when I tell you that a lot of times these rushed situations end up being because I need them. Anyone that's been married for any amount of time, know and understand that when you get married, it's, about what you, it's not about what you need from them. It's about what you're willing to give to them. And the only re- way you can get to that place is when you love yourself enough to see yourself as an asset and you, you shared the weight of distrust, you shared the weight of anger, you shared the weight of shame and guilt, you've shared those weights, and you love yourself enough to count yourself as a prize. Oftentimes what I see is that the, the second commandment is obliterated because of what I need. A lot of times women will jump into a situation because of their need of financial stability and security. And the stigma and the fear of being alone needs to be resolved. Men a lot of times will jump into a situation because of their need of financial stability. You'd be amazed. But also, number one is typically controlling that vessel and their lack of, of their, their inability to do so. So loving yourself, single people, will dictate to you to wait because you are a treasure and you are a pearl of great value and you just can't toss yourself into a situation that you know is not, may not, have yet developed into something that's worth your time and worth who you are. And you've got to understand game. We're going to close right here. A a guy will tell you whatever you want to hear. Watch this. And if marrying you is the way to get that, he'll do that for a little while, too. With no real long-term commitment to that and figure out a way to get out of that. Because it's interesting to me how a heart can change in 12 months from you the best thing that ever happened to me. Or six months, three months. So now I want to close with this statement. One commentary says a strong statement, but we're grown, folks. Remember, he said, if you cannot exercise self-control, it's better to marry than to burn. Is that not what we read? So can we conclude as grown people, then, that individual is marrying for sex? And I submit to you today, that is the worst reason you could ever get married is for sex. Because after that 30 minutes, what are you going to do for the next 23 hours? And 30 minutes. So you basically spent 30 minutes to ruin a whole day. Are you listening to me? That is about as much time as you're going to spend two or three times a week 
having sex. Well, let me change that. When you first get married, it might be, you know, all the time. But when kids and life hits and all of that, you can't build a marriage off of sex. And we're going to be now, real now, clear about yeah, this. And let, let me, like I said, my parents have been married for 54 years. Okay? But the beginning of it was, like I said, hell on earth. And if you're looking, you know, by way of uh, social media, uh, the social media platform, this applies to you too. You're, you're hearing this and you're receiving this for a reason. In this season, relationships don't go as deep as they once did. Face-to-face -face conversations are becoming a very rare commodity. Telephone conversations are becoming a rare commodity. And a lot of times, relationships are birthed out of convenience. I said relationships, not marriage. So now there's friends with benefits. All these titles. All these other titles to placate this sexual desire, only to end up heartbroken. And, you know, there was, during the EXO conference, the gentleman was ministering on the, the, the neuroscience of it all. And I dug a little bit deep. I'm not going to get into that now. But it does something to your brain, like, for real. That's right. It, it, for, it, for real, it neutralizes neurons that are supposed to connect. It keeps them in a separate department. Like, I mean, it's like, for real. Which is why guys can separate sex from which love. Is, yeah, which is why guys can separate sex and, and it's happening with women as well. And so, you know, so I'm saying that to say it can work. It, it can. But it, at some point, someone has to, you're going to have to, to step back there. Right. and put in the work. And a lot of times if the work is not going to come before the marriage, it's definitely going to come after, after the marriage. marriage. Never, ladies, never settle for being a playmate when God called you to be a soulmate. Somebody ought to say amen, glory to God, hallelujah. So we're just introing this today. On next week, we're going to get into five truths, five of them, five truths about being single or unmarried. And married people, you're going to get a real blessing out of it because the highest goal in marriage is that the two of us are still becoming single. In Separate, him. unique, whole, totally dependent upon God, which makes us dependent upon each other. Okay, did you all get anything out of this today? Let's all stand to our feet. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's just lift our hands to the Father. And why don't you just take a moment to thank Him for making you the gift that you are. Whether you're married... Praise God. Whether you're single, just know that you are a gift. You are a good and perfect gift. Just go ahead and lift your hands to the Father and thank Him for making you that way. I'm going to speak life into these young men's lives because they're not, a lot of times they're not going to have males say the things that they're going to hear said over the next couple of weeks. They don't have people to, to really confirm and affirm them like that. And she's going to do the same thing for ladies. Come on, let's thank Him. Father, we, we glorify you today. We magnify you you made all of us gifts in our own right, Father, regardless of whatever state it is that we're in. If they're single, if they're unmarried, if they're widowed, Father, if they're widowed and satisfied and they want to live the rest of their lives happily uh, single and happily unmarried, to God be the glory, Father. 
if they're unmarried but desire to be married, Father. Help them to wake up every day, look themselves in the mirror and say to themselves, I am a good and perfect gift for somebody, glory to God. And Father, if they're married, then they are a gift to each other. And so, Father, as we've intro this today, we give you all the glory. We know one plants, one waters, but only you can give the increase, Father. May each person go home through their own study and personal time, water what was planted. But ultimately, you give them increase in understanding, increase in revelation, Father. If any unmarried person in here is sexually active right now, Father, I pray against that. And I pray that you would help them to see themselves more valuable than that, Father. So, Father, give us boldness over the next couple of weeks to minister in love and with clarity, Father, so that young people and unmarried people and widows will be comforted in this season. We'll give you all the glory for that. Amen. While you're in that attitude of prayer today, just look up here at me for a moment. I don't know where you're at in life, but I do know who has the answer to wherever it is you're at in life, and that is God. And if you don't have a personal relationship through his son, Jesus, I want to give you the greatest invitation ever known to man, and that's to come and be a part of the family of God, to come and be a part of God's own family, to be his son or daughter, to be the brother or sister of Jesus Christ himself. We're not asking at this point to join the church we're just talking about being a part of the family of God. If you struggled your entire life with relationships and different things, it's because you haven't had the ultimate relationship. Once you get the ultimate relationship, you can see every other relationship in your life the right way. And so if you're not saved today and you want to give your life to Christ, I want to pray with and for you. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved. But I allowed myself to get away from God. Spirit of God convicted me today. I heard a lot of things. I've got to make some adjustments. I want to repent today. I want to come back to Christ. If that's you, you want to come back to Christ, we want to pray with and for you today. And then thirdly, if you've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to need that gift in these last days. You're going to need that ability to keep yourself built up. Pray in a language that Satan does not understand that just bypasses his understanding and allows you to talk directly to God. If you want to learn more about that today, we want to pray with and for you, the Bible evidence of praying in other tongues. Then if you don't have a church home, we believe Linked Up Church is a good church. We believe we're getting better. We're growing as leaders. We're four years old. We're only going to get better. But if you know today that God has confirmed that this is where he wants you planted, We'll be happy to receive you today. We'll pray for you every single day of our lives. And every time you come in this building, our goal is to make sure that you hear the word of God and the word of God only. So now while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer. No one